my husband, he turned to me and he said, why don't we move here and start over? You know, I could live here. And I, I looked at him. I'm like, are you crazy? We've got two kids. You know, we're, we're trying to like split from each other. Like, what is wrong with you? But honestly, that, that idea took hold of us. And while we were on that trip, we found a school for the kids. We found an apartment and just took a leap of faith. Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I interview inspiring and influential guests who are making their mark on the world and contributing to the common good. Making your mark, big or small, is creating a legacy, and it's one of the proven ways we can age with energy and joy. Zestful Aging Podcast is my legacy. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist and fellow Zestful Ager. Our music is courtesy of Judy Banker. Find out more at judybanker.com. And to find out more about this podcast, my web courses and other offerings, hop on over to zestfulaging.com. And while you're there, go ahead and sign up for my monthly email newsletter. Well, you'll get behind the scenes looks at my interviews and other fun tidbits. I know that everyone is feeling really stressed and anxious right now. We're all unsettled and feel out of control. So I created a free download for you for maintaining mental health based on my 30 years as a psychotherapist. Um, Just go to zestfulaging.com and it is all yours. Well, as always, I've got my little Jack Russell Sparky right by my side. He's may hear a little snoring, but he is comfortable and ready for us to have a great interview. The idea of traveling right now just fills me with longing. I know it fills many of us with longing. And the senior games are in Florida in May of 2022. And I've already started thinking about kayaking in the Everglades after my tennis event. Let's just say I've been on the Everglades National Park website more than a few times. And there are many kinds of travel, of course. And our guest today is going to talk with us about traveling with a goal, the goal of self-discovery, and this is especially relevant at midlife when we're trying to answer questions like, has my life had meaning, and what now? Susan Pullman is a writer, filmmaker, and presenter, and the founder of the Phoenix Writers Network. Today, we're going to be discussing her latest travel memoir, A Time to Seek, Meaning, Purpose, and Spirituality at Midlife. Welcome to the show, Susan. Well, thank you, Nicole. It's so nice to be here today. I'm, uh, I'm excited to share uh, with your audience all about travel. I'm excited to hear more about it because I just finished your book and uh, now I want to go to Florence uh, tomorrow. <laughs> and Although that is not possible. Who doesn't, that right? Who possible. doesn't? That's right. That's right. And I have some funny uh, stories of my own that are not quite as spectacular as some of yours, but we'll get to those in a minute. So you went to Florence. Um, you you went to Florence several times, but the the book is based around the time you went to Florence to move your college-age daughter in, but you also went to answer some questions about your own life. Can you tell us how this all started? 
Sure. Um, well, let me let me start at the very beginning here because there's a lot of backstory to this book, and um, it started when I was in my mid 40s. Uh, something very peculiar happened with our family. So my husband and I were on a business trip over to Florence. We had never been to Italy before, um, and we were at a crossroads in our marriage. And while we were there, we were—I mean, honestly—we were entertaining 40 clients. We were there four days, and we were so moved by Italy, by the experience of Florence, and then uh, then in Liguria, which is a beautiful area um, anchored by Genoa on the Mediterranean. Um, and so we were in Santa Margarita, which is a, a town um, that will just take your breath away, right on the water, sparkling. And mm-hmm. my husband, he turned to me and he said, why don't we move here and start over? You know, I could live mm. here. And I, I mm-hmm. looked at him. I'm like, are you crazy? We've got two kids. <laughs> you know, we're, we're trying to, like, split from each other. Like, what is wrong with you? But honestly, that, that idea took hold of us. And while we were on that trip, we found a school for the kids. We found an apartment and just took a leap of faith, signed that lease in Italian, no less. Went home, quit our job, sold our house. It was like a shocking moment in our lives that we were mm-hmm. we decided to make this left turn and and try to find our way back to each other, you know. So um that that's actually the story of our first book, but what that experience taught me, we were there for a year and I was able to separate myself from my life in America, step out of that bubble, that everyday very busy bubble that we're in. And it gave me some breathing room and some emotional space to sit and really think about, you know, look back over the sea. And when you disconnect, Mm -hmm. when you step out that way, you Mm -hmm. can see your life the way it is in a different way than when you're in the middle of it. Okay. So you have a different perspective. Absolutely. And, And the space to explore your feelings. So being a writer, I understood the power of journaling, and we can talk about that in a little bit. But but mm-hmm. through that experience, I was able to, and my husband as well, we were able to change our paradigm of what worked for us in our marriage in a way that didn't, I don't think we could have done if we had stayed in America. So that experience, it, it took a year, and um, we we came back, and I I I was able to on a heart level, experienced the transformative power of travel, which I had never mm-hmm. felt before. I didn't know there was a difference between vacation travel. I didn't even know what pilgrimage travel meant. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so um, flash forward now uh, 10 years, and I'm 49 years old. I'm feeling restless in my life again. And I don't really know why, you know, it's, I had everything material that I would ever want, a beautiful family, nice house, nice life in, in Phoenix, but I was, I was restless. And so I, my husband gifted me with, a, with an airline ticket, just surprisingly, on Christmas, and said, hey, why don't you just go and help Katie, our daughter, settle in. She was going over for um, a semester abroad. 
And of course, to the dismay of my daughter, who the last thing she wanted was her mother to <laughs> tagging you along. You describe that scene so well in the book. Like, I, she, like, you what? know, you look at each other and she's got this like blank look like, <laughs> oh, no, that's not going to work for me. Yeah, like, oh, my God, horrors. But, um, you know, <laughs> we have a close relationship, so we worked it out. And I just said, you know what, basically, I'm going to help you settle in and then I'm going to disappear. You know, maybe mm. I'll fit you in for a dinner. But um, <laughs> I I knew that I could use that time to kind of revisit that process. And I didn't have the I didn't think I was going to be writing a book at all. I just went over there and and just let let the trip happen. And I journaled and I I went back into that transformative mode, which I'll explain in a, in a little bit. Um, and I was able to come to peace with many things in the first half of my life. And I was then able to imagine new types of going forward. Um, and so eventually I decided to, to pen this into a book because I feel like it is important to encourage other people, especially middle-aged women who have devoted their lives to doing everything for everybody else and mm-hmm. and feel a little bit guilty about um you know take a trip on my own like i'm spending guilty and money. resentful you know, yeah. right so you know <laughs> bad you, combination it is a very bad combination and you know so it's the book um shows you how to do it how i did it and um and encourages encourages the reader or at least hopefully gives them an idea like, hey, I could do this too. You know, maybe I don't go to Florence. Maybe I go to the beach or maybe I go to the forest or, you know, to the, to the art museum down the street. Uh, some, some way of separating yourself and gifting yourself emotional space to, to see who you are at this stage of life. You know, we're very different mm. at midlife than we were at 20 or 30 or we, we're different people. Um, and so you and claim you, that. Go ahead. Right. I, I just wanted to ask a little bit more specifically, you, you talk about a restlessness. You said you were, you know, you're out in Phoenix doing what you do. Um, you're uh, mothering two kids and, um, and writing and doing all what you do, but feeling a certain restlessness and there's a beautiful scene in the book where you go outside at night mm-hmm. and you wrap yourself in a blanket and lay down on the uh, chaise. Um, what does restlessness feel like to you? What, wh- how did you know something was off kilter? You know, that's a great, a great question. Um, I just started to feel a little spiritually empty. I think that would be the best way to say it. I had, you know, everything worked. If you wrote it out on a piece of paper, it was all working. But I felt a disconnect deep inside myself, and I, I couldn't assign words to it. And I'm like, what, mm-hmm. wh- why am I feeling this way? Why do I feel the need to, to, to leave or to do something different? Or I, I didn't know. And, and so I think many times over the years, I, all I did was just swallow that feeling and you know, throw in some laundry, <laughs> but, um, you know, you just, you, you know, you, you just like, Oh, you whatever. You're, you're, down. you're being yeah. ridiculous. You're being ridiculous because you know, and you kind I of be all, sometimes you are right. 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 But that doesn't, 
negate the fact that something is changing. So I had learned to pay attention to the that the shifting, knowing that, you know, somehow this is something's happening. I don't know what it is, but I should give it my attention. Um, so that's that's really what I, I was feeling. Mm-hmm. That's 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 a good way. Just something's a little wrong. Something's a little off. And even though you can say I'm so fortunate, I'm privileged, um, you just know that there's some kind of gnawing, or and you describe it really well in in the book. And uh, you know, I think it's important to say that you didn't jump on this. You were there were moments where you thought, I don't know if I can do this. Well, I'll tell you that that's a great intro to another topic, uh, what I would like to share with with our listeners today. So prior to Phoenix, we lived in Los Angeles, and that was where I started to really study writing um, with a vengeance, so to speak, because I was fascinated with screenwriting, and I studied it, um, trying to break into that business, which is difficult unless you're really born into it. But what I did was I studied the work of Joseph Campbell, which is very influential in the in the in, in storytelling. And I'd like I'd like to speak a little bit about that if if we have time. Um, oh sure. Okay, great. So for people that haven't heard of Joseph Campbell, he is an academic. He was a professor of literature at Sarah Lawrence, and um, he studied mythology, the power of myth across all cultures and and searched for similarities in the human experience whether you are a greek or roman or nordic or or a native american it didn't matter so what he did was he found that there were certain human experiences that are common to all of us um, and and those constructs are something that he put was able to put down on paper and one of them, which is very famous, is called the hero's journey. And mm-hmm. so, if you are, if you've watched any Disney film, it's the hero's journey. And so, mm-hmm. what it is is a person is called to something. They're in their ordinary life, and all of a sudden, they're called to either an adventure or they're called to something that is bigger than themselves. And so. You know, just think about, you know, the Wizard of Oz. Here's Dorothy is called to, you know, an, an, an unbelievable adventure. But what it is, there's, and you can even look this up there. The hero's journey follows an exact sort of journey cycle. And so when you receive that call to adventure, what does the, the, the natural response, whether you're a Disney character <laughs> or a human being, <laughs> is mm-hmm. to say no is to is to refuse it it's called the refusal of the call because you are you're being tempted to do something outside of your daily life and right away you say no i can't do it and so mm-hmm. understanding this journey actually you know the first time we went to to italy and we spent that year i i didn't realize i was entering my own hero's journey. I only saw the construct in terms of storytelling, not my own life. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I'm I'm in this cycle myself. And I was able to chart that cycle uh, the entire time we were there. It, it, it follows naturally. So all of us right now are in a variety of hero's journeys, 
regardless of our, our lives. And so what happens is you have this call to adventure, you refuse the call. So that's why I, I included a couple of those chapters arguing with myself. Well, I can't do this. I can't leave mm-hmm. teenage boys at home. And, you mm-hmm. know, and then, then, of course, the next chapter is, you know, crossing the threshold, which means, okay, I think I'm just going to do it. I'm going for it. Mm-hmm. And you just go for it, right? And so you give yourself permission. And then I won't go through the whole cycle, but um, it, 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 you, you go all of a sudden, now I land in Florence. I'm I'm going to let the trip take me. I'm not going to plan this trip. And what happens is that your mentors appear, your the, your life lessons bubble up, you know, and then you the road back home and the whole idea is that you return uh transformed in a way, in a little way or a big way. And, and you where apply does that. faith And where does faith come into this? Well, I think, you know, faith you talk about spirituality, okay, and faith and, and something bigger and a divine. And I think that for me, I felt called spiritually to do this. Mm-hmm. I felt like, you know what, I, I, I feel a divine pull. And again, through our experience, I knew that that's something I need to listen to, even though I don't know what it means. Because, you know, going back to the first time, you know, we just pulled the plug and moved there. That was a spiritual decision. I felt a divine pull to do it, even though it was against all logic. And and so now I, I'm more relaxed with that feeling of, okay, you know what? I need to explore this. I feel like there's something waiting for me to learn, and uh, and I'm going to go do it. Mm-hmm. What does a divine pull feel like? How does one experience that? You know, I think that if you're a spiritual person that you, I mean, all all human beings are spiritual, regardless of religion, okay? And I do, I think that we all feel um, a pull towards the spiritual. Whether we pay attention to it or not is another mm-hmm. story. Whether you give it credence, might be, you know, based on your your history with religion or your history with with uh, seeking. You know, some people are natural seekers, and some come to seeking later in life, which I think is is uh, wonderful because journeying inward is a big part of finding happiness. You've got to journey inside and seek, and I think that that's where the divine sits. You know, in our hearts, in our gut. Um, it's different than our intellectual brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's a, a good description. So we can call it the heroine's journey. Exactly. And I think there's even a book out there called The Heroine's Journey. Oh, is journey. that right? Probably. I think so. If you Google, you know, there's all sorts of people trying to sure. sell books regarding. Yeah. yeah. Ah, yes. So you get there <laughs> and... Are you feeling at this point like, okay, I'm on my journey or, you know, I can always go home if it's terrible. I mean, do you remember yeah, what both. it was like? The both, both you yes. know, yeah, yeah, because you don't know, you know, sometimes trips are disasters and sometimes they're, they're great. So you, you, the difference is there's two types of travel. Let's talk about that for a second. 
you have mm-hmm. vacation travel and and vacation travel is usually planned uh you know every minute of it so i'm going to go here i'm going to eat at these restaurants i'm going to see these sightseeing and so it it all takes place most of it takes place in the intellect and you know i think we've all had the experience where you go away for a week and then you come back and 3 weeks later you're like did i even go on a vacation you know it just mm-hmm. kind of goes out of your head but um this sort of travel is completely different and the way it works is you choose a destination you arrive with nothing planned other than where you're you're going to stay and okay. and and you take a journal with you the journal is so journal and journey the two words are connected right the journal is very very important because um because of processing and basically you let the trip take you you get up in the morning and i said i like to say i'd like to unwrap this day like a gift and mm-hmm. you you it involves wandering so you wander through your days but you're not just wandering aimlessly you're you're wandering with the eyes of an artist you're noticing things and you start to ask yourself you know to what am i naturally drawn and you might have a conversation a happenstance uh, with someone that's very serendipitous or you might see something that speaks to you or you you sit down and assign words to your feelings and um and you just write you just write with abandon and the act of writing uh journaling is if you could think of it as sort of a key and it unlocks your subconscious so you have your conscious mind and you have your subconscious and your subconscious is what it what keeps the real you it, it's who you are it's your real feelings about things it's it's your yearnings it's all of those things that we keep locked away in private and we're so used to keeping that locked but when you travel with intention when you journey and you let the trip speak to you mm-hmm. and you sit down to assign words to it you surprise yourself because all of these feelings they start bubbling up you know here they come and the 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 hard part is that sometimes things bubble up that are very inconvenient or you're <laughs> <laughs> you're finally like admitting something that you were afraid to admit and that is powerful on the page and it changes you. So you have mm-hmm. to be willing to go deep. And then it doesn't, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that your whole life changes, but you may be able to start making compromises or um, you know, shaping your life in a new way that addresses your yearnings. Maybe you're done with your career. You just can't do it one more day. But but changing your career affects your whole family. And so you've got to sort that out for yourself. And when you do it on on paper, um it starts to become real, you know. You you can't lie to yourself when you assign words because you can feel yourself lying on the page. You you know, you you risk honesty um in a journal and it it's a it's a powerful experience and it's fun. I mean, this kind of travel is fun because serendipity is delightful. And you know who doesn't want delightful moments in your life, right? When you happen upon something or a view or um thing, you turn a corner and you, you it, something takes your breath away. When's the last time that 
happen to you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that's why people start to become addicted to travel because it introduces yourself to yourself. It reminds you who you are as mm-hmm. you interact with new landscapes. Um, you know, maybe you realize you're afraid of something that you weren't afraid of before or, you know, whatever it is. Um, it, it just, it helps you to process who am I now? You know, what is important to be now? Mm-hmm. What do I, what do I need to leave behind now and stop ruminating about, you know, what works so for So real going openness. Forward. You're mm-hmm. really uh, saying an openness to let things bubble up and to Correct. let, okay. Hi there. Spring has definitely sprung, and I'm seeing little purple crocuses popping up in my neighborhood. And to celebrate the season, I'm taking $20 off of my popular Zestful Aging web course. You will learn the tried and true ways to add zest and vitality to your life, and it comes with a booklet I made just for the course. It's all based on science and my 30 years as a psychotherapist. So Hop on over to ZestfulAging.com for more information and use the code SPRING2021. You will get $20 off the course and it is going to be a great way to start the season. Now back to the show. And I'm just, this is maybe a, 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 I don't know, too technical, but it feels like having your phone at your hip when you're sitting down and having an espresso or, you know, um, a gelato or all those beautiful things, that's not part of this. Having your your Facebook open, having your phone constantly um, part of this uh, part of your day. No, I mean, clearly that's not <laughs> that's not going to help you. Okay, because you don't mm-hmm. want your you're working on you, okay? And you're giving yourself a break from social media, which is mm. draining and often toxic. And, you know, you can go back to your life next week and do it all you want. Mm-hmm. But the whole idea is to gift yourself this peaceful, beautiful time um, mm-hmm. to enjoy another location, um, to, to open yourself to new possibilities in life. And uh, l- let me just add one other thing too here because I'm thinking about it. Um, what I ha- what what was making me restless too was that y- culturally we are given prescriptions on how to live our life. Um, meaning, you know, you go to school, you go to high school, you go to college, you go, uh, you start your career, you ha- maybe get married, you ha- maybe have a family. Your kids grow up. Okay, now you're, let's say you're 50. There's no social prescription going forward. Mm -hmm. And so it's like you're standing on a cliff. So no one tells you what to do next. Culture doesn't instruct you. And you can do anything. And that's a really scary feeling. I'm so glad you said that because what I think about in my experience too, traveling alone is that you can go between exhilaration and like terror of Mm -hmm. I could 
basically die in this um, in this little hotel, and no one would know. Yeah. Um, and I remember times traveling um, in Germany and Austria, and even just going to Salzburg by myself, which doesn't seem like a big deal. I mean, it's very touristy, um, and but I remember finding little nooks and crannies like you did. I'm very drawn to cemeteries and the art of cemeteries. And so there were times when it felt absolutely like so enlivening. And then walking around and you go for a lunch and everybody else is coupled up and then you're just sitting there by yourself. And sometimes it feels really uncomfortable. Of course it does, you know, because you're <laughs> you're sitting there by yourself, right? And, and part of, I, I think part of it is to allow yourself to be uncomfortable. It's not going to, mm-hmm. you know, 99.9% of the time, it's not going to hurt you. And so, um, but also at the same time, as a woman, you, you want to pay attention to those uncomfortable feelings because sometimes mm-hmm. that's intuition telling you that you're not in a safe place. Yes. But, um, but I think, you know, you, you, you plan out your trip so you're safe. And, uh, and there will be uncomfortable times, but that's where, the, that's where growth happens, when you get out of your comfort zone. And um, growth spurts sometimes hurt uh, because you're learning and you're stretching and it's, it's not comfortable for everyone. You know, so... Um, to know that going fun. in, it's not mm-hmm. going to be one glorious moment of self-awareness after no. another. There will be no. times when you're like, oh, you know, I wonder what's happening home. And is my kid getting off to his whatever he's doing? Yeah. Is he, you know, finding enough to eat? Whatever. But that there are times that feel, um, <laughs> I don't know what you tense or or... Yeah, you're lonely, you know, it's definitely, (laughs) yeah, period, you're lonely, and you wish you had a friend with you, and, but it's okay to be, to be lonely, I mean, it's okay, you know that your trip's going to end in a week, or two weeks, so it's not forever, you know, and, and Mm -hmm. so to try to just refocus yourself, and take a deep breath, and, you know, have a glass of wine, or get some gelato, (laughs) or do Mm -hmm. something, catch up on your sleep, um, and just drink in your surroundings, take a yoga class, whatever there's, there's, you just fill your days with what you want to do, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes we're so used to doing what other people want to do that we don't know what we want to do. You know, you're like, I thought there was a really gr- a great example, um, and you'll have to help me with the landmarks, but you had planned to see one of the, you know, sort of grand tourist sites, and I, I think it was a church, you'll have to correct me, and you decided, you know, I don't, I don't think I want to do that today. I'm going to just sort of uh, walk around, see what I can find, look look for an adventure. And you consciously said, uh, you know, I know I should go because it's famous, but I don't really feel it today. Right. So that was the Ponte Vecchio. So um, I was, well, you know, it's that famous bridge, okay, that cro- crosses uh, the Arno in Florence. And it's it's world famous. Um, and so I, I was walking and I there was a zillion people taking pictures of it. And I'm like, okay, well, I need to take a picture of this because everyone is taking a picture of it. <laughs> and like in the middle of it, 
you know, because I love photography. That was part of my process. But in the middle of it, I, I thought to myself, I could give a darn about this stupid bridge. Like, I know it's famous. I know it's historically significant. I could care less. And I just said, you know what? I, and I just deleted the pictures. And, and that, and that's a small moment. I'm just like, I'm not going to do going forward. I'm going to do what, what is meaningful to me, not because it's meaningful to everybody else standing around me. Again, a mm-hmm. tiny little triumph, but it, it mm-hmm. was a turning point for me. And so I ended up, that's when I ended up travel, like walking across the Arno and up to the Michelangelo, uh, the Piazza de Michelangelo, which is a magnificent piazza way up on the top of a mountain. And there, from there, you overlook the entire expanse of Florence and it's it takes your breath away and I had no idea that that would it would that it would take my breath away that was another one of those serendipitous moments I was like holy smokes now this (laughs) this you know speaks to me the bridge did not Mm -hmm. speak to me you know so that sort of thing Yeah, that's so important. I mean, I, I, I was struck by that because I thought, you know, this is where you're really doing it differently. And you're not checking boxes of, oh, I need to see this and this and this and this. And just to say I did it, you were really using your own filter, I guess, to say, is this doing it for me? No, it's not. Let me try something else. Right, right. And, you know, again, I said tiny victory, but it was my tiny victory. And, uh, and I still think of that moment, you know, today, like, do I really want to do this just because, you know, 10 of my girlfriends want to do it? No, not really. Mm-hmm. I'm not going, you know. And uh, do you still see now that you're back home um, and we're, we're still in COVID, do you see during your day moments that you can relate back to this this pilgrimage journey and say, oh, yeah, I learned that on my special trip? Yeah, I think so, because, and to be honest, on that trip, I recommitted myself to a career of writing, and which changed my whole trajectory. So I'd have to say, yeah, every day I I think of that, because that's when I did it, because I, I was at a crossroads, too. I mean, being a writer, you know, it's just almost impossible to make a living. And, mm-hmm. you know, you might write a couple of books that are wonderful, but again, you know, are you really making any money? And so mm-hmm. I had to decide, do I keep following that, which I, my, again, my, the spiritual part of me absolutely wanted to do that. And then the intellectual part of me is like, I need to um, contribute to my family. I need to make money. I need, you know, it's not, it's just not feasible, right? But I was able to reimagine, okay, well, I can continue writing, but now I can also go back to school and get my editing degree. So now I'm an editor. I can also Mm -hmm. learn book coaching, which I also do now. And Mm -hmm. I can hold workshops and retreats, which I also do. So those support the business model, but I'm still following that divine pull toward the creative, which I was denying myself. And so you figured it out. I figured it out. So that's wonderful. Um, and and when you came back from this trip, did you feel like you wanted to share 
these transformations or is this a feel more like a private experience where it was something so deeply personal and profound it was something you wanted to keep um to yourself well i you know i felt first of all it was what you know a week or so and i you need time to percolate and to process really you know what just happened there it's not like this automatic thing, you know, I'm different. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it was anytime you write memoir, that genre actually insists that you wait a period of time to look back because you need to understand and process what did that experience teach me? And is it lasting? Uh, and does it warrant writing it? In a book okay so most memoirs look back and and so I, I spent a long time just processing it myself obviously things that affected the family I need I discussed with my husband you know of course um, but some of the more deep private things you know grieving uh, about losing parents or losing friends there's there's some you know pretty deep feelings that you have uh, that I did not share until I wrote the book because so I felt like mm -hmm. you know what I'm going to write this. I need to write the real experience and, and go deep uh, and share, share my mm -hmm. feelings. Yeah. Because the whole point of memoir is to chew on, you know, what does it mean to be human? You know, mm -hmm. the, the, the highs and the lows. And, and so I think people read memoir because you see yourself in there and you're, it, they, it helps you process your feelings or your particular journey. Memoirs are all about the hero's journey. Um, you know, somebody was called to something. A lot of times you're called to something that you don't want. Uh, you know, I don't want illness. I don't want divorce. I don't want bankruptcy. I don't want someone in my life to die. But that's, that's as much of a call to a journey as, um, hey, here's a plane ticket to Florence. Go have fun. You know, mm -hmm. uh, it's just it follows the same trajectory. Um, so uh, once you understand that, it, you... And it also helps you knowing that you will cycle out of this journey at some point, um, which helps in times when it's difficult. Say, so, okay, mm -hmm. I'm just going to... There are phases. There Let's are see. phases, correct. So the people listening in, uh, in around the globe, um, I think some of them are really wanting to do something like this when it becomes possible depending on travel and COVID, but they don't know where to start. Uh, there's so many beautiful places and so many uh, interesting places and places that people go just for, you know, to for a pilgrimage. Mm -hmm. uh, you had a particular tie to Florence. What would you say to people out there who are like, wow, I could go all over. I could go to Iceland. I could go to, you know, uh, the Keys in Florida. How is there a way you might guide people to how they might think about a good place to start? Well, um, it's an interesting question. So first of all, you want to you want to choose a place. And again, it is, we're not presupposing that we're all millionaires and we can travel, you know, the globe. Um, <clears throat> but you, you choose places that speak to the human soul. Okay. So, so Florence, of course, the seat of the Renaissance, you know, 
obviously you're traveling right to the heart of that. And and what my time there, I chose to spend time in um, in museums, art around art. I chose to spend time in various churches, just to sit in a place of spirit. And I I chose uh, beautiful vistas, so places that open the human heart. Uh, I think are important. Um, and so I think in choosing where you go, you want to have a mixture of things. If it's so busy and and loud and, uh, you know, nightclubs and all that kind of jazz, I think it would be distracting. Mm-hmm. So you want to choose places that you will enjoy, um, but also that will open you in a deeper way. And that, that, again, doesn't mean you have to travel the globe. You can go sit in the park and just commit mm-hmm. to, okay, I'm going to sit in the park every Saturday for two months and I'm going to journal. You know, just mm-hmm. I'm going to be nature opens us and relaxes us and reminds us that we are part of a bigger, a bigger universe, um, which I think is important. That's a great point that um, certainly now there's all kinds of economic struggle and not mm-hmm. everyone can, you know, uh, go to Europe. And I think that's, I appreciate that point. Um, you know, let me I, add to that too. I think you have sure. to choose a place where you feel safe. So mm-hmm. had I not spent so much time in Italy, I would not have felt safe to do that. But because I had spent so much time traveling around Italy, mm-hmm. I understood uh, you know, how to use the train. I understood um, how to be safe in Italy, how, like, what my parameters were, I think. So I, that's, it's always important to put safety first. Mm-hmm. And you knew the language. I knew the language enough to order, you know, off the menu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. but I knew it. I knew enough to get around. Yes, I was comfortable. It was, mm-hmm. it was very comfortable for me. It was not exotic. Let's just put it that way. Um, I, I think that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you don't want to put yourself in such an anxiety state that, you know, you you can't relax enough to hear your inner voice. Exactly. You're just exactly. too worried about, like, how am I get back to my hotel? I don't understand the, the train or, or, or whatever. I, that's a great that's a great point. Well, and yeah. and also there there are ways to travel with people and still do this, of course. You know, so if you let's say you want to go on a retreat somewhere, um, just go, but go without a friend. So you're still in communion with, let's say, 10 other travelers. You're together mm-hmm. and yet you can still carve out space on your own. I think that's a great way to to travel. Um, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone because you're going by yourself, but, but you'll, mm-hmm. you're taken care of by a, a, an, you know, a group, uh, an administrator keeps you safe. Uh, and then your days are free to yourself, that type of a thing. And, but you still get to meet friends and, um, you know, connect with new people. It's so invigorating, uh, to, mm-hmm. to meet people. Um, you know, I, that's one of my great loves is to, you know, meet new people and, talk to them and what's their story and you know what are they doing with their life it's fascinating indeed it is um susan where can people find out more about you and your books and 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 your work your films all of your all of your uh creative endeavors 
you know, basically just on my website, which is uh, SusanPolman.com, P-O-H-L-M-A-N, Susan Pullman. Um, Yeah, you know what, I, all of my, all the things I do are there, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I, I edit, I help uh, developmental edits uh, for books, I help, I coach people if they want to even just learn to write, I, I do online classes from time to time. Uh, once a year, I do a writing retreat. Um, if COVID is, you know, if we're able to to open up travel this year, we'll be going in September uh, to Northwest Pennsylvania in a place called Eaglesmere, which is a beautiful mountaintop mm. sort of town that uh, I've found a great spot, uh, you know, to be in nature and to be with other writers. And oh, so there's a variety lovely. of things. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. fun. So we've that we've done beautiful try to do that once a year um so are you on COVID. social media yeah i am i'm on i have facebook page i have instagram i'm on linkedin all with susan pullman yep all the same mm-hmm. just google my name there i am so it's there pretty you easy are. pretty easy yeah oh. yeah so and Thank my books so are available much. anywhere you know uh both okay. Am- amazon and any bookstore can order uh, the books and uh, I'm sure there'll be uh, links in, in your website. Yes, as of course. Well. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing this uh, this kind of travel. I I, I really um, I think our our audience uh, is really going to appreciate the you know the difference between let's take a trip and then let's do this kind of traveling where we allow I love the idea of unwrapping it as a gift it's so mm-hmm. beautiful such a different kind of experience and um I'm I was just uh, thrilled to learn more about it so thanks so much for spending time with us and uh happy travels yeah, thank you so much, Nicole. This has been a real pleasure just to share this uh, with you and and your listeners. It's, it's my passion and my joy. So thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share it with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com. It's no secret that everyone's feeling pretty restless and unsettled right now. Our lives are upside down and the future is feeling pretty uncertain. But if you're anything like me, organizing my stuff can help me feel a little calmer. It's something I can do to help me feel a little more in control and in charge of my own life. If you think decluttering could help you feel better and you could use a little assistance with that, check out the online course I've developed with professional organizer and designer Carrie Luteran. It's called Too Much Stuff. And Too Much Stuff is different from other courses or articles or guidance you may have used. We give you clear steps to deal with the clutter and the tools to help you face the overwhelming feelings and the emotions that come up when we're going through our clutter. And a lot of those emotions are just feeling anxious or guilty or just basically flooded with a lot of different 
confusing feelings. The course is really practical. It's realistic. The lessons are short and punchy, and they're really manageable. We're not trying to set you up for some long exploratory you know, super in-depth, burdensome experience. We want something really helpful for you right now. We all need help with our anxiety. So being surrounded by more calm and less chaos can really help. So now's a good time to clear out the clutter so we can focus on what's really important in our lives. So find out more at zestfulaging.com. You'll see more about this under the web courses tab. If you have any questions, just shoot me an email at zestfulaging at gmail.com. Thanks so much. And stay tuned next week for another interview with a fascinating and inspiring guest. (laughs) 